0: So when you hear that cry in the sky... Hi, folks. The program originally canceled for this time
1: will now be heard. Bever
2: McGee and Molly! Well, hello. Come right in. Oh, George, we've got company.
1: Well, it's Tuesday night again. Time for another pleasant visit with George Burns and Gracie Allen.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, after ten years, radio gets its revenge. We now present a program that will scare Orson Welles. <laughs>
3: From Hollywood, Procter and Gamble brings you the Red Skelton Show, starring Red Skelton, Dave Rose and his orchestra, The Four Knights, Verna Felton, Lorraine Tuttle, Pat McGee, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor.
4: And now here is your guide to these adventures of the mind. Uh,
2: uh, uh, there is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you this fall. O T R O O T R O. And now here is O T R
5: Hey everyone, this is OTR Rob, welcoming you to another edition of Fibber McGee and Molly. This episode of Fibber McGee and Molly is from February fifteenth, 1944, and the episode is entitled Handwriting Analysis. I can't help but think that I've already presented this episode to you. I could be wrong. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of radio shows that are in public domain that have been erroneously marked by date or year or both, and are way off of the mark. this one isn't one of those, but it just seems to me that I've really done this one before. I think they did something similar to this back in around nineteen thirty nine and they brought up the episode again, maybe with a different take on it. I think somehow some way. This has been done before. I apologize, because I keep repeating myself here. I don't mean to. I just want to be very careful about this, about giving you an episode that you may have already heard. By the way, I should let you know that there are two extraordinary good books out there on Vivian McGee Molly that you can find on Amazon. One of them is about Vivian McGee Molly's entire radio career. And one of them, the other book, is only focuses on the war years of Fever, Mickey, and Molly, which is something that Fibber, Mickey, and Molly did better than any other radio comedy show ever. They were, had the backing of their of Johnson's Wax to forego the commercial when an important subject came up about. The war. And if it wasn't a message at the end of the program or in the middle commercial, they would take an entire script and work it around the topic that was important for the, the listeners to know about. And then they would, at the end of the show, uh, bring that subject matter back up again for the listeners. And that's something that the writer, writers did very well, with Fibber McGee and Molly is to get the word out to people and of course radio was the only effective medium at the time to get the word out because not everybody read a newspaper although most people read newspapers or took a newspaper or had one delivered to their home but still radio had a strong impact on people and even today that is also true. So enjoy this episode of Fibber McGee and Molly. And I'll be back with Burns and Allen.
1: (laughs) The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. (laughs) The makers of Johnson's Wax for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. When you apply wax to the various surfaces around your home, I wonder if you realize how many different purposes you're serving. I'd like to mention four important ones, and I'll be brief. First, and something that's both patriotic and essential today, you're practicing conservation. Johnson's Wax, regularly applied, gives protection against wear, makes your things last longer. Second, you're adding rich, glistening beauty to every room of your home to be enjoyed by your entire family. And third, you are saving yourself many hours of work all year because dirt does not readily cling to a Johnson waxed surface. And fourth, which some of you may not fully realize, you are helping to protect the health of your family. It's an obvious fact and easily proven that a waxed home is a clean home and a clean home is a healthful one. So it's definitely profitable to invest a very small amount of money and a modest amount of your time to enjoy all these advantages made possible by a regular use of Johnson's Wax, paste, liquid, or cream. <laughs>
6: If you could follow a mail carrier for one day and see the mixed emotions that he leaves in his wake, it would probably wear you out. So let's just follow the postman to one address. 79 Wistful Vista, the home of Bibber
7: McGee and Molly. Mearsy don't, letter for Jones, the postcard for McGee, a kid'll eat IV two, How oh, do. Oh, oh Mearsy don't send up uh number seventy-nine. And Dozy don't, so little amsy peanuts wouldn't do. Indeed I would. Nobody asked me. Good day, sir. Have I the extreme pleasure of speaking to Mister. Peepers McGee? You have, Bud. At least I am.
8: Are you the new mailman?
7: Yes, I am, madam. And please let the post office department know if there's anything we could do for you. Oh, fine. We'd be glad to take a letter or postcard almost any place you say. <laughs> By the way, do you need any stamps today? No, Bob, I don't believe we do. I have don't... you seen the new air mails? Very attractive and only six cents a piece.
8: No, no, I don't think we need.
7: <laughs> well, do. how about some three? I don't think any real American can have too many three-cent stamps because... Now, I... look,
9: bud, skip the salesmanship.
7: You got any mail for me? Yes, sir, I have. One letter. There you are. Oh, thanks, bud. Hey, what are you swaying back and forth like that for? You feel dizzy? Oh, no, I'm just training myself. Huh? Someday I hope to be a railway mail clerk and just travel around like everything. Well, good day.
8: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, great personality.
7: Yeah,
9: reminds me of the Pony Express somehow. Around the neck, mostly. (laughs) Hey, this is the letter I've been waiting for. Who's
8: the letter from?
9: woman in New York that analyzes character from your handwriting. Oh. I sent her a sample of mine several weeks ago.
8: Oh, dear. What does she say?
9: Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. This woman is uncanny. She's got my character down perfect. Listen to this. Your signature shows definite professional ability.
8: Amazing.
9: (laughs) Listen. It says, your writing shows a keen understanding of human nature. A deep sympathy for your fellow man. I... Hey, where are you going, Molly?
8: I'm going to whistle for that mailman. He gave you the wrong mail. No. <laughs> Wait
9: a minute now. Listen to this. It says, It is to be hoped you are a physician, for you would have made an excellent one.
4: Oh, dear.
9: You are analytical. You have a deep insight into human nature, and you have what is more important, the common touch. You get that, Molly? I got the common touch. <laughs>
8: Why don't you study medicine, McGee? Or would you have to go back and finish high school
2: first?
9: <laughs> I always knew I should have been a doctor. Always wanted to be a doctor. In fact,
8: if people could see your bedside manner when you're looking for your slippers on a cold morning, I don't think uh, <laughs> the common
9: touch. Doctor McGee, physician and surgeon.
8: Now listen. <laughs> Now, look, McGee, don't start believing everything you read in your mail.
9: To think of the years I've wasted, the lives I might have saved, the suffering I might have averted. All because I never knew till now that I had it. The common touch.
8: You know, McGee, I always thought you had studied medicine at one time.
9: Did you really, Molly? What made you think so? Because of my deep analytical?
8: No. (laughs) No. Because no doctor has ever prescribed for you yet that you didn't give him an argument.
9: Oh, yeah? Well, that's because they all got what they know out of books. I got it right here, in the heart. If I was to ever... Oh,
10: hello, Alice, dear. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. McGee.
9: Good day, child. Please sit down. (laughs) What's troubling you this morning?
10: Why, nothing is troubling. Come,
9: come, child, relax. This You can tell me this nervous tension is something to be avoided.
8: Well, how can she relax when you keep staring at the child, McGee?
9: Are you sure you're getting
8: enough rest, my child? Enough
10: rest? Cheapers, I get four or five hours sleep every day of the world, my dear. That's enough for anybody. For
8: a girl her age, McGee, she's... Hey, how old are you, Alice? Four going on five.
9: Four going on five. What's
8: the... A... Oh, my birthday is February 29th, sleepier day.
10: Oh,
8: I, I have my fifth birthday this year. a <laughs> yes. oh, five-year-old child. <laughs> well, go ahead, doctor. <laughs> Examine her. Maybe she's teasing.
2: <laughs>
9: please, ladies, please. Less levity. We can have any less. <laughs> Now, child, I want you to stop worrying.
10: Worrying, criminy! I'm not worried. After
9: all, things like this may pass off in no time at all. The main thing is to—Things
8: like what, Mister McGee? Jeepers! Oh, stop scaring the girl, McGee. There's nothing the matter with her.
9: (laughs) Of course, there isn't. (laughs) Nothing serious, anyway. Tell me, Alice, do you have a slight feeling of hunger before meals?
10: Well, yes, I do, but... Do you I... have
9: a sort of a tired, sleepy feeling just before you go to bed?
10: Yes. Is that very sweet?
9: When you get out of the bright sunshine, when you go out of the bright sunshine into a movie theater, does everything go black for a brief time?
8: Gee, come to think of it, it yes. does. Mr. McGee, is there something... Now, that... now, Alice, what's the matter? You're getting pale. I... Well, I guess I don't feel very good all of a sudden. I think I'll go up and lie down. That's the
9: best thing you can do, child. I'm afraid you've been burning the candle at both ends against the middle.
2: <laughs>
9: Here, have this filled.
8: McGee, what are you doing? You have no business writing prescriptions. prescription.
11: But, but this is just a blank piece of paper, Mrs.
5: McGee.
8: Yes, that's to
9: put your gum into. <laughs> I don't want you swallowing it when you lie down. Now run along, child, and get plenty of rest. Drink a lot of milk, and don't worry.
4: All
8: right, but jeepers, I feel awful. How <coughs> oh, medillious. Jerry, what was the idea of all that?
9: The common touch, my dear, the common touch. Cheer up the sick ones and scare the junior out of the healthy ones.
2: <laughs> it's
9: all a matter of human understanding. The common touch, and I got it.
8: Yeah, and you can have it. Billy
9: Mills, New orchestra. Yes, the deep understanding of human nature. The humanitarian outlook. Take all the great physicians of the world. We all had it. The common touch. Now you take a great physician like Louis Pasteur.
8: See, he discovered radium, didn't he?
9: Oh, no. You're thinking of the wrong Louis. That was Louis B. Mayer. <laughs> Pasteur invented hydrophobia.
4: Oh.
8: Well, it wasn't very smart of him. The world would be better off if hydrophobia had never been invented.
9: Well, that was his destiny, my child. When we got the common touch, like I got, we can understand that a human being is but a small cog in the vast machinery
12: of the... Uh, of the. Uh, uh, uh,
8: Saved by the bell. Yes. <laughs> Come in. Come in.
12: Ah, good day, Mrs. McGee. What a sight you are for store eyes. <laughs> and McGee, dear fellow, what a sight you are.
2: <laughs>
8: nice of you to drop in, Mr. Wellington.
12: Hello, Sigmund, my boy. I trust you
9: will forgive me for my rudeness at the Rotary luncheon this noon. I'm afraid I was not very tolerant,
12: but that was before I knew I had. The common touch.
8: What did you do that was
12: so rude, McGee? Oh, nothing really at all, my dear. It was really nothing. He merely sneered at one of my humorous anecdotes, oh. <laughs> the one, the one about the little shepherd girl who disappeared, and they found her little son Bonnet weeks later out in the pasture. <laughs> Tell her the payoff segment. I consider it very amusing. <laughs> sure. The denouement of the anecdote, Mrs. McGee, is that the girl was victim of her own ignorance. Her name was Ivy, and she didn't know that little lambs eat Ivy. <laughs> uh,
4: yes? Yeah.
9: So that's that's all.
4: Oh. <laughs> it went big at the
9: luncheon, Molly. You made a fine speech, Wellington. Incidentally, You better watch your diet. I beg your pardon, old chap.
8: What about his diet, McGee? For him,
9: I'd recommend a high-protein diet. No roughage. Lots of whole wheat bread. No pork. Lots of milk products. Get lots of rest and cut down on the smoking, Wellington. Better come back again and see me in about two weeks. And don't worry.
12: We'll pull you through this all right. Mm, you'll have to. I won't go through it willingly. Oh, so sorry. I almost forgot what I came over for. Will you excuse me, Mrs. McGee? Why,
8: certainly, Mr. Wellington.
12: Thank you. I see my dear fellow. Huh? huh? Oh, oh, sure, sure, sure. Glad to, Wellington. And don't apologize.
9: Remember the sportsman's motto? It isn't how you played the game, it's did you win or lose.
12: <laughs> what a charming person. Well, I must go home and give my great Dane his German lesson.
8: You're teaching your dog German?
12: Yes, in case we wish to travel and occupy Germany after the war. Yeah, but how do you expect a dog to speak German? But he already does. What? I started him off with Auf Wiedersehen, and already he can
4: say Auf. <laughs> Good <laughs> day, thank you, old boy. Well, what did he want, dearie? He wanted to borrow
9: two bucks till Saturday.
8: Well, if you didn't have it, at least you're getting it. What? The common touch. So <laughs> I suppose the touch for one dollar would be even more common. What's the matter? I
9: was just wondering if Kramer's drugstore's got a stethoscope I could buy. What's a doctor without a stethoscope? Oh I mean...
8: now just a minute, Mickey. Huh? Don't go too far with this thing. What you mean? Why, the first thing you know, you'll be caught practicing medicine without a license, and I'll be writing tear stained letters to the parole
0: board.
9: Oh, come, come, my dear Molly, come, come. Medicine is merely a hobby with me. Remember, I have the soul, the heart, of a great physician.
8: Really? Anyone I know?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
9: Hand me the phone, my dear. I shall call the apothecary shop.
8: The what? You mean the apothecary shop? Yeah, the drugstore. Yeah.
9: Thank you. <laughs> Hello, operator. Give me Kramer's Drugstore. Just below... Oh, is that you, Mert?
8: Oh, dear. How's <laughs> every ah, little thing, Mert? Good
9: What say, Mert? Your uncle. Oh, that's tough. Lost a pair of rubbers, eh?
8: Doesn't he know where he lost them again?
9: Sure, they went in the army. (laughs) Mert's uncle runs a Turkish
4: bath. Oh.
9: (laughs) Okay, thanks. drugstore doesn't answer. Maybe they ought to...
6: Hello, kiddies. Remember me, the man who sells the you-know that's so
9: good for your stuff and
8: things? (laughs) Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hello,
9: boy. Sit down and stop worrying about it. Worrying about what? The crease in your
4: pants. (laughs)
9: It's all very well to be neat and clean, boy. But overemphasis on one's personal appearance indicates that one is socially unsure of oneself. You feel
8: all right, pal? (laughs) He's all right, Mr. Wilcox. The great physician was lost in McGee. And he's trying to find it again.
9: Help all right again, boy? What do you mean, again?
8: Well, you did have the flu, you know, Mr. Wilcox, remember?
6: Yes, and I remember a guy named Von Zell came in here and nearly ruined me. If you've got to analyze a character, pal, work on Von Zell. There is one.
2: Why,
6: fine lad, Von Zell. Splendid personality. Uh, Hey, by the way, what do you mean I'm worried about the crease in my pants? That never worried me, and you know it.
8: No, Mr. Wilcox is just naturally well-groomed, dearie. If that's a character deficiency, you could deteriorate a little yourself. <laughs> oh,
9: come, come. I was merely pointing out that too much neatness and, uh, coothness is uh, merely the result of the subconscious mind trying to overcome a natural tendency towards sloppiness. Is that clear? <laughs> well, personally, I think it's a lot of
6: Mahula. Ooh. When people are neat and clean, it only means that they like to be neat and clean, that's all. Ah, but look, boy... Do you mean to sit there with your head between your ears and tell me that people all over the world use Johnson's Wax because they feel socially unsure of themselves? Birdseed. They use Johnson's Wax because they know how it'll save housework. It'll preserve and beautify their floors and woodwork and furniture. But
9: subconsciously, boy...
6: Subconsciously, they feel they're economizing, too. Because wax protected things last longer and would re- require less frequent replacement.
8: Yeah, but the common touch, Mr. The Wilcox. most
6: beautiful common touch in the world is the touch of a Johnson waxed surface. Oh. The satisfying smooth satiny feel of a surface sealed against dust and dampness. Mm-hmm. And hey, if you want to play Doctor Pal, don't try it on me. Hmm? I wouldn't let you examine the tongue on my coaster wagon. Oh.
13: Goodbye now. <laughs>
9: holding out on me, eh? What do you mean? He never told me he had a coaster wagon. (laughs) Ah, well, it's them little weaknesses of people that endears them to me.
2: Uh,
9: Hey, I wonder how I'd look if I grew a goatee.
8: Probably like a small buffalo, Bill. (laughs) Now, listen, you can just sit here in your mellow little mood and love the human race. I've got to order some groceries.
9: Okay, Molly, dear. Ah, there goes a good kid. For her sake, I'm glad I never did study medicine. I'd have been constantly traveling all over the world, being consulted by famous people, with her sitting here alone, lonesome and neglected, watching out the window for her famous husband. I'm sorry, my dear, but my duty is to the world, I'd say. Did you know there was a petition to bury me in Westminster Abbey? No, no, not now. I mean after I'm dead. (laughs) Ah, I can hear them bells. The chimes of Westminster... <coughs> oh, <laughs> come in.
10: Hi, mister. Good
9: day, my child. Come in, come in, come in, little one. Do sit down. Well, I... Hmm? <laughs> I says sit down. I'm very happy to see you.
10: Are you kidding, mister? Hmm?
9: No, my child. Why shouldn't I be glad to see you?
10: Well, do you almost hardly never are, I bet
9: you. Ah, but don't let my gruff exterior deceive you about my warm heart and great human understanding, sis. Why? Well, I... Hmm? I... Well, generally speaking... My
10: daddy says so, too. Says what? He says you're generally speaking.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
9: You're old man. Ah, oh, yes, your father. <laughs> Fine man, your father. Interesting example of a dual personality. If I can borrow a couple of pistols. Well, how do you feel today, sis?
10: Not very good, I guess. You don't? Hmm?
9: I says you don't.
10: Don't what? You don't feel good. Hey, how'd you know?
9: Oh, just a gift for diagnosis. What's the matter?
10: I got a little sliver in my finger, see? A what? A sliver. Mm. It's too small for a splinter and too big for a sliver.
2: Mm. <laughs> well, that's
9: nothing to worry about. I got one in my own finger. Come, sit on Dr. McGee's lap, and I'll remove the sliver.
10: Oh, <laughs> you're not a doctor, I bet
9: you. Well, you mean if I never went through the ridiculous formality of getting a degree? No. But I got all the qualifications, sis. Human understanding, knowledge of people, and, and the common touch. Now, oh, hold oh, still. Okay. <laughs> there. Now, that didn't hurt a bit, did it?
10: Gee, <laughs> not okay. a bit. I never even felt it.
9: Well, that's because when you're a doctor at heart, you got a sensitive touch. A dexterity in your hands...
10: There's that... another reason, too, i betcha. What's that? You took the sliver out of your own finger.
11: I... Oh, my God. Oh, my oh. finger.
9: Hey,
10: Molly, bring me eye Oh my finger!
9: What on earth are you doing, McGee? I'm brushing up one of my medical studies. Hey, we got to get a new dictionary, Molly. This thing hasn't even got a simple medical term like pneumonia in it.
8: Strange that our dictionary shouldn't have pneumonia. We leave it open half the time. Ooh.
9: Well, it ain't in here. Look, it skips from New Market right down to Newsboy.
8: Hmm. Have you looked at the peas?
9: What good would that do? Purcy and pneumonia are two different kinds of things.
8: Come in. Hello, food.
13: Remember me? I'm Bueller.
9: Oh, yeah. Soup <laughs> to cook. Well, how are you, Beulah?
13: Come right in, you Yeah, thank you kindly, ma'am.
9: Oh. How are you getting along with the toopses,
13: Beulah? Mr. Toops like your cooking? Oh, he do indeed, Miss Mickey. Uh-huh. He do
2: indeed. <laughs> <laughs> just if I
13: just at breakfast this morning, he'd say, Beulah, he say, He was addressing me personally, you know.
9: Uh-huh,
13: yeah, that's yes. Yes, and he that's say, that's say Beulah, he say, your biscuits are just like a feather. That's what he said. It's
8: <laughs> oh. <laughs> like a feather, huh? Yes, and then he
13: said, Now nah, can I have one that's more like a biscuit? <laughs>
9: Oh, <laughs> uh, Mort! He's
11: a—he's a clip. He's got more wheezes than a hawk shop accordion. Hawk shop accordion! Look
13: at the
2: man! Oh, he's real amusing, ain't he, man! <laughs>
13: He's got the common touch, Beulah.
9: Well, what could we do for you this evening, Beulah?
13: Oh, nothing at all, Mr. McGee,
8: sir. Nothing at all. I, I just brought you a half a dozen cream puffs I just made fresh. Oh, thank you very much. Himself here just loves cream puffs, don't you, Dizzy?
9: Yeah, I'd like to fall in a well full of them and eat my way
8: out.
9: <laughs> Are you sure the Toopsis can spare these, Beulah? We don't want to short them on ration points.
13: Oh, no, sir. Mr. Toops, he ain't one for a dessert, you know, and i and I saved some for the kids. <laughs> Besides, I just want you to know Beulah's cooking, just in
9: case. In case of what, Beulah?
13: Oh, just in case, that's all. Yeah. You know, when a gal bend over a hot stove all day long, she can't get frozen to a job like that. Bye
8: <laughs>
13: Bye now.
2: <laughs>
8: Say, McGee, you think she's heading for a job with us? Mm. Yes, ma'am, I
2: was.
9: <laughs> <laughs> there, she's a creature of impulses, as I read her character. Impulsive, warm-hearted, and loyal.
8: Yes, sir, she's the kind yes.
9: that you... She... Ah, if I only had my medical degree. At $5 a call, I'd have made 30 bucks so far today.
8: Come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Hello, Molly.
9: How are you today, my little hypothyroid? (laughs) Please, Doctor, there's a lady present. I'd suggest we leave my thighs out of
8: the conversation. (laughs) Don't mind me, boys. You know, it's been a long time since I was so delicate that I called a leg of mutton a limb of (laughs) (laughs) lamb. You know, you look tired, Doctor.
11: I am tired, my dear. I've been sick for a week, but my confounded patients won't leave me alone long enough so I can go to bed and rest. I'm so run down, I got tread marks on my shirt. Hmm. Trouble with you, Doc, is that you bungle your cases. You rely too much on Materia Medica,
9: not enough on human nature. The best way to practice medicine is not with pills. It's from here,
11: from the heart. I see. And what would you prescribe for influenza, Dr. Gillespie? Long walks in the rain?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Not
8: at all,
11: my dear sir,
9: not at all. But I'd mixed a little kindness and warm-hearted understanding in the treatment.
8: Ah, uh, you know, when you say things like that, dearie, you get the moist, happy look of a horse that's just had a nice roll in a dirt road. <laughs> <laughs>
11: now, look, McGee, when I passed my medical examination... You did? From... Oh, that's great, Doc. What?
8: Hey, Molly, Doc passed his
11: medical examination. I was wrong. He is practicing legally. Oh. Why? <laughs> Why are you insulting little gutter snipe? Are you trying to insinuate now, that
8: boys, I've... please. You... Come, come, McGee. Don't lose the common touch.
11: Oh, I'm sorry, Doctor. I forgot myself. Well, don't remember yourself on my account.
2: <laughs> I was merely
11: trying to point
9: out, sir, that in the proper treatment of people, understanding is the prime factor. You've got to get behind the
11: illness. Know what they're thinking. I know darn well what they're thinking. They're thinking, A, is this going to hurt? And B, is Doc Gamble going to let me off cheap?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
11: the answer is yes and no. <laughs>
9: with you. You lack the important essential for greatness in your
11: profession. Yes? Yes, the common touch. Well, of all the impudent, unmitigated, double-distilled arrogance, how you can have the infernal, shameless, insolent bumptiousness to stand there See, and th- no sympathy, no understanding. Stand there and tell me I don't understand my patients. Well, for three grains of monoacetic acidester acid of salicylic acid, I'd kick your pudgy little carcass from here to Helsinki. Laughter Oh, yeah?
8: Well, let me... Now, hush, McGee. Look, Doctor, it's all from the letter that he got.
9: Yeah. Letter? What letter? This letter right here, Doc. It informs me in no uncertain terms that I got what you lack. Tolerance. Understanding.
11: The common touch. Where did you ever get a letter like that off a Ouija board?
8: No. (laughs) From a handwriting analyst, Doctor. She says McGee has the finest possible character to make a great physician.
9: Yeah, they could tell that from my handwriting, Doc. Mm Mm-hmm. Ain't it wonderful how accurate they can size a guy up
11: from a mere signature? My gosh. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Huh? When you submitted that handwriting sample, didn't you ask me to mail the postcard for you?
8: Yes, you did, McGee. I remember
11: distinctly. Oh, so what? So what, huh? <laughs> This is wonderful. What huh?
4: is that, <laughs> Huh? Why, his hand... His
11: handwriting was so illegible, I didn't have the heart to mail it. Huh? I filled another one out and signed his name to it myself.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he, he means,
11: he means they
8: analyzed Dr. Gamble's handwriting mm-hmm. and not yours, McGee.
4: <laughs> well, of all the
11: dirty underhand... <laughs> Tolerance, my boy... Understanding, don't lose that common sense. <laughs> All that dirty, <laughs> low-down, deceitful be-
6: <laughs> For those of you who have
9: for you, well, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for the wonderful way in which you answered our recent appeal to you to buy war bonds. We're sorry we can't give you the final results, as all the returns are not in. But we assure you, your response was magnificent.
8: And today is the final day of the Fourth War Loan Drive. So if you haven't bought as many extra bonds as you possibly can, now is the time to show your friends and relatives in uniform that the home front knows what to do in the Zero R. Good night. Good night, all. (laughs)
14: I'll answer it, dear. Maybe Tootsie. Oh, hello, Mr. Postman. Good
15: morning, Mrs.
14: Burns.
15: (laughs) How are you this lovely, lovely morning?
14: Oh, I'm fine, thanks. And you're looking well, too.
15: Yes, this is the kind of weather that brings the roses (laughs) to my
14: cheeks. (laughs) You know, I envy you, Mr. Postman. You're always so
2: healthy.
15: I take no credit, Mrs. Burns. If other people used my system, they could be as hale and hearty as I am.
2: What
14: is your system?
15: Deep breathing. As I walk along, I inhale like this.
2: (laughs) And
15: then I exhale like
2: this. (laughs) Oh,
14: how wonderful. Well, what mail did you bring me today?
15: A package, Mrs. Burns. Here you are.
14: Oh, it's just what I've been waiting for. Thanks, and goodbye, Mr. Postman.
15: Goodbye, Mrs. Burns. Remember, keep smiling.
5: (laughs) 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 I love the Postman. He's great. Hey everyone, it's OTR Rob, welcoming you to another edition of the Burns and Allen Show. This Burns and Allen Show is from February 16th, 1943, not from 1944. I didn't have one to match up with Piper McGee and Molly. The episode is entitled Beauty Mark, and the whole thing about Beauty Mark started back with the silent film star known as Clara Bow, the It Girl. She had a beauty mark on the side of her mouth, and it became something that, um, for whatever reason, took Hollywood by storm. And if you're a woman in film and you didn't have a beauty mark, you didn't get a lot of attention to your career... On the George Burns and Gracie Allen show is Veronica Lake. And she had a beauty mark, a natural beauty mark on her face. I can't remember exactly where it was. But she also had something else going for her. She had this long blonde hair that went down to the middle of her back. And she parted it in such a way that half of her face was covered and this became a rage in Hollywood. So she had the beauty mark thing going for her, and she also had very long hair that covered half of her face. Well, when she got to one particular role in her career, the studio had her cut her hair. And when she cut her hair, her popularity went down. It took a no-dive. A real strong... Now, it didn't change anything about the woman. It didn't change anything about her acting ability. But for some reason, Hollywood shunned her after she cut her hair so short. She managed to have a career after that for about 25 years, clear into television. But it wasn't the same after the studio had her cut her hair. So enjoy this episode of Burns and Allen from February 16th, 1943. And I'll be back with Red Skelton.
14: Well, hello! Come right in!
2: Oh, George! We've got company!
16: This is Bill Goodwin, speaking for Lever Brothers, Makers of Swan, the new white floating soap. Well, it's Tuesday night again. Time for another pleasant visit with George Burns and Gracie Allen, their guest, Veronica Lake, Jimmy Cash, and Paul Whiteman and his music. And now meet the people who live in the Burns house George and Gracie.
2: Uh what are you doing,
17: sweetheart? Uh, writing a letter to your mother?
14: No, I'm writing a wedding announcement. A wedding announcement? Mm-hmm. Listen and see if it sounds right. Mr. and Mrs. Samuel J. Sagwell take pleasure in announcing the forthcoming marriage of their daughter Tootsie to Mr. William Goodwin. The ceremony will minute, be held... Wait a
17: minute.
2: <laughs>
17: Bill Goodwin is going to marry Tootsie Sagwell? That's right. I don't believe it.
14: But it's true, George. Of course, it's a secret. Very few people know about it yet. Not even Bill. I thought
17: so What horrible thing Are you cooking up For that poor guy
14: Is it so horrible To marry a girl Who looks exactly Like Veronica Lake
17: Gracie Tootsie has a face Like a New England Boiled dinner She doesn't look Like Veronica Lake
14: But she will dear Professor Robinson Will fix that Who? Professor Hubble Robinson
4: Hubble Robinson?
14: Yes a beauty expert. Mm. He sells a beauty kit guaranteed to make people look like their favorite movie stars.
17: Oh, for Pete's sake.
14: So, Chucky decided on Veronica Lake and we're going to get started today.
17: How long do you expect it will take?
14: Oh, just a couple of hours. Veronica's a very small girl, you know.
17: Gracie, <laughs> you're wasting your time. This Professor Robinson must be a quack.
14: He's nothing of the sort, George. A Mr. Carol Nye of Burbank wanted to be like Clark Gable, and after the professor's treatment, he not only looked like Gable, but he had gorgeous
2: legs.
14: (laughs) He
17: had gorgeous legs?
14: Yes. You see, his handwriting was hard to read, so whether he wanted Gable or Grable. So he gave them both. I see what you
2: mean.
4: That's really an amazing professor. and
14: then another customer got to look so much like Gene Autry that his wife left him. Horses kept following him home.
17: Gracie, Bill Goodwin will never marry Tootsie Sandwell.
14: I'll answer it, dear. Maybe Tootsie. Oh, hello, Mr. Postman.
15: Good morning, Mrs. Burns.
14: How are you this
15: lovely, lovely morning?
14: Oh, I'm fine, thanks. And you're looking well, too.
15: Yes. This is the kind of weather that brings the roses to my cheeks.
14: (laughs) You know, I... Mr. Postman You're always so
15: healthy I take no credit Mrs. Burns If other people used my system They could be As hale and hearty As I am
14: What is your system?
15: Deep breathing As I walk along I inhale like this
2: <laughs> And then
15: I exhale Like this
2: <laughs> Oh How wonderful Well
15: What mail did you bring me today? A package, Mrs. Burns. Here you are. Oh, it's just what
14: I've been waiting for. Tootsie's beauty kit from the professor. Thanks, and goodbye, Mr. Postman.
15: Goodbye, Mrs. Burns. Remember, keep smiling.
14: (laughs) Oh, George, it came, it came. Professor Robinson's beauty kit, it's here.
17: Great. Tomorrow I won't be able to tell Tootsie from Veronica.
14: Oh, yes, you will. I thought of that. You see, Veronica Lake uses a certain perfume, so Tootsie is going to just douse herself with that perfume. Well? Well, if she smells a little like Veronica Lake, she is Veronica Lake. But if she smells a lot like Veronica Lake, she's Tootsie.
17: Sir, <laughs> S- uh, suppose she smells like Tootsie.
14: Well, in that case, ignore her. She's a stranger.
2: <laughs> I'll
17: cut her dead.
14: Oh, I just can't wait for the wedding. Tootsie and Bill are going to be... Come set. In. Is it here? Yes, Tutty, it just came. Oh, wonderful! Glamor, glamour, you shall be mine.
2: <laughs>
4: oh, This is
17: murder. I'm getting out of here.
14: Oh, Tutty, don't mind him. He's just a cynic. But you know what they say: live and learn. <laughs> oh, who cares about learning? I want to live.
18: <laughs> <laughs> Open the box. Oh, All right. Oh, God, I just can't wait to see in it. Oh me! Either. I'm so excited. Oh, my goodness. Just look at all these things.
14: What are those bottles of brown stuff? Oh, that's mud for mud packs. See what it says in the label? Procured from a ditch in Veronica Lake's own hometown. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? I wonder what that funny-looking gadget is. Oh, that's a no-shortener. You see, where Veronica's turns up, yours keeps right on going. Oh, they'll have to fix that. Look, here's the most important thing of all. This mask. You have to wear that over your face during the entire treatment. Oh, I just can't wait to look like Veronica Lake. I've looked like me for so long. (laughs)
4: Yes. (laughs) I know.
16: Hello, Gracie. Gosh, you look cute this morning.
4: Hello, Tootsie.
16: Gosh.
14: (laughs) Oh, Bill. Bill, you're not supposed to see the bride just before the wedding.
16: Really? Well, who's having a wedding?
4: <laughs>
16: Gracie? Gracie, is Tootsie finally getting herself a man?
4: Yes! <laughs> Who is the poor sap? <laughs> you!
2: <laughs> Me? Yes. I
16: wouldn't marry Tootsie Sagwell if they threw rice and new shoes at the wedding.
18: Bill, you'd marry Veronica Lake, wouldn't you?
16: Veronica Lake? Well, who wouldn't? Gee, that lake.
18: <laughs> Bill, why do you like her?
16: Well, I'll tell you, Tootsie, whenever I think of a lake, I think of a swan. And swan, you know, is the new white floating soap.
18: Pureer <laughs> than the finest
16: cast a regular suds and whiz. Uh,
18: Bill, Professor Robinson, the beauty expert, is going to make me look just like Veronica Lake.
16: Professor Robinson should be with the camouflage
18: corps.
16: (laughs) Listen, if he can do that, he can make a 20-ton tank look like a bar of swan. But don't try to wash the dishes with a tank. Use swan. Swan is great for washing the dishes because it suds faster than other white floating soaps. And since swan is purer than the finest Castile's, it's kind to your hands. So use swan for every soap and water job in the house.
14: Now, Bill, you come back in exactly two hours and propose to Tootsie. By then she'll look like Veronica. Yeah. Ah, poor Tootsie. She has to wear that terrible old mask for two hours.
16: Yeah, it is ugly.
14: I haven't got it on yet.
16: (laughs) You haven't? Well, break me in two and call me swan. By the way, Swan breaks in two with an easy twist of the wrist, you know. So you can use half in the kitchen for dishes and cleaning and the other half in the bathroom for your hands and face.
18: Gracie, we better get started with the treatment. You come
14: back in two hours, Bill, and I'll be a glamour girl.
16: I'll be back, Tootsie. That I've got to see.
14: Uh, oh, Bill, when you marry Tootsie, George and I will want to give you something. What would you like? Novocaine.
16: Novocaine. <laughs>
14: Come on, Tootsie. Lie down on the table. All right, Gracie. I think I'll start off with a mud Now Hold still. (laughs) Oh, isn't it wonderful? You'll have Veronica Lake's face in no time. I know. And I'll have her ears even sooner than most (laughs)
2: went. Say, I
14: have a wonderful idea, Tootsie. I'll call Veronica and tell her to come right over. What for? Well, so we can tell how we're doing. I'll stand you both side by side. And if I can tell you apart, you're not done yet. That's a marvelous idea, Gracie. But do you know her? Oh, sure. I see her at the market all the time. We don't get our meat from the same butcher.
4: <laughs> oh, just think
14: Veronica Lake and I are going to be twins. Gracie, how about you and Hetty Lamar looking alike? Oh, well, I don't think Hetty Lamar would want to go through all this fuss just to look like me. <laughs> well, come on, Gracie. Put on some more stuff. All right, Tussie. Here's mud in your eye.
4: <laughs> this is Paul White and the boys and the six hits and the miss. Come up with a song
16: that was a sensational hit back in the days when Bardavo was more than just a name. Now it's a big hit all over again for me and my gal.
18: He's in t-
19: excited on the phone, Gracie. What's up? Well,
14: I'm making my friend Tootsie Sagwell beautiful, and I need your help.
19: Tootsie Sagwell? Oh, yeah, she's that tall person who looks something like a woman.
14: Yeah, 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 that's Tootsie. She's taking Professor Robinson's beauty treatment that's guaranteed to make her look exactly like a movie star in two hours. Any particular movie star? Yes, you. Good heavens. Yeah, and that's that's why I need your help. I want you to stand beside Tootsie so we can see if there are any places where a little sagwell still shows through the lake.
2: <laughs> well, yeah,
19: come on,
14: Veronica. She's in here.
19: Wait. Before we go in, I'd better tie a string around my finger. What for? I, I don't want to get mixed up and forget which one is me.
14: Oh, oh, well, don't bother. I'll try to remember. Come on.
18: Tootsie. This is Veronica Lake. Oh, Miss Lake, I I hope you don't mind that I picked you for a model. I'm very flattered, Tootsie. You know, Veronica, I've I've always wanted to swap beauty secrets with you. Well,
19: let's not swap. I'll just tell you what I know.
18: (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, dear. If, If Bill doesn't marry me this time, I'll just give up. You're
14: counting on this experiment to get a husband? Yes, I've tried everything else. Well, she certainly has. Remember when they took away your permit to carry a gun, Tootsie?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: yes,
14: the old meanies. Oh, I've failed so many times, Veronica.
18: You know, they say that the bridesmaid who catches the bride's bouquet will be the next to get married. But it never worked for me. What a shame. I've been a bridesmaid 20 times. Every time I jump way up
14: in the air and catch the bouquet and it's gotten me nothing. Oh, well, I wouldn't say that, Tootsie. It got you an offer to play second base for the Washington Senators. (laughs) (laughs) I almost wish I'd taken it. Oh, Gracie, where are you, dear? Oh, George is home. Veronica, you stay here with Tootsie. I'll be right back. (laughs)
16: Hello.
14: Oh, George, you're just in time. In a few minutes, we're going to unveil Tootsie.
17: Gracie, this idea is ridiculous. If people get to look like movie stars, don't you think a lot more would be doing it? Don't you think I'd like to look like Charles Boyer?
14: Well, certainly. Well, you don't
17: have to be so definite
4: about it.
14: <laughs> but, George, if you want to look like him, you can. Professor Robinson had Charles Boyer's face marked down to 2750 this month. It's a special. <laughs>
17: Only 2750. Yeah.
14: Of course that's not including the eyes.
17: Oh, oh, no eyes.
14: No, those six soulful boy eyes are extra.
17: How much does he get for those?
14: Well, how many would you want, one or two? <laughs>
17: well, I'm no piker, make it two. Ah, make it three, when I go, I go.
14: George Burns, I don't like your attitude. You'll be sorry you acted like this when I walk out of that with a new Tootsie Sagwell. You just stay here, I'll be right back. Gracie, I can tell by the look on your face that George doesn't believe in Professor Robinson. Well, no, he doesn't. Oh, I get so mad at him sometimes. Honestly, if he wasn't my husband, i divorced him.
2: <laughs> Gracie, is it
14: almost time to take the next... Ma- how does your face feel? Does it feel like Veronica Lake's face? Well, I don't know how Veronica Lake's face feels. <laughs> oh. oh, how does it feel, Veronica? Oh, I don't know. I've had it so long,
19: it almost seems like part of me.
2: <laughs> oh.
14: See, it's two o'clock. Time to take the mask off. Oh, hurry. Oh, hold oh, oh. still. There. Well, how do I look? Oh, dear. I shouldn't have used that witch hazel. Why not? Mm, I'm afraid the bottle had too much witch and not enough hazel. <laughs> oh. Oh. Bill Goodman
18: will be here in ten minutes.
19: He'll never propose to me now. Oh, don't feel that way, Tootsie. Men don't propose to women because they're beautiful. No?
18: I'll bet lots of men have proposed to you.
19: Well, yes. But only because I'm a good cook.
4: (laughs) I can't even cook. (laughs) (laughs)
14: Well, wait. Wait. I've got an idea. Veronica, you've got to help it. You've got to pretend that you're Tootsie Sagwell. Me? Yes. After she's worn the mask a little longer, Tootsie will look like you anyway. So you just pretend you're Tootsie long enough for Bill Goodwin to propose to you. Yes, Veronica. Just accept him and I'll take it from there. But
18: this is the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Please, Veronica,
19: do it for me. Well, all right. Oh,
14: thanks. And what a chance this is to teach my husband a lesson. Now, when I call you, come out as Tootsie. All right, Gracie. Well, George, we took the mask off Tootsie. You did, huh? Yeah. Now I want you to see her. Oh, Tootsie! Miss Gracie, did you call me? Uh, yes, I did, Tootsie. What can you sing
17: like Veronica Lake?
2: Oh, my
16: is here with one of the all-time tunes,
12: Night and Day.
20: My life making love to you. Day and hour, night and
17: day. All right, all right. I knew it was Veronica Lake all the time, and so was Bill Goodwin believe she's Tootsie.
14: He will too. Veronica's a very fine actress. All you have to do, Veronica, is imagine you are Tootsie Bagwell.
19: I don't believe I have quite that
14: much imagination. Oh, you can do it. Just get that look of hers in your eye. You mean that come hither look? Well it's really stronger than that. It's more of a come hither, stay hither and don't go thither look.
2: (laughs) I see.
19: I'd better know how she acts with men too, so I can give a good performance. How does she react
14: when a man asks her for a date? Well, let me see now. I have to go back to 1929 for that. (laughs) Oh, the year of the crash. Well,
19: men were desperate in those days. Yeah.
14: Well, as I remember it, when this man asked Tootsie for a date, she was surprised for a moment. But she regained regained her poise quickly and yelled, wow, and broke two of his ribs. (laughs) Gracie, do you mind if I'm a little
19: more ladylike? I'll just stick two fingers in my mouth and whistle.
17: Yes, give it that bass a touch.
19: Oh, here's Bill Well, here I go You promise I can leave the minute he proposes to me, Gracie? Oh, absolutely
17: Oh, don't worry, you'll be able to leave right away The biggest dope in America would know that you are Veronica Lake and not Tootsie Sagwa
14: He will not Come in <laughs>
16: Hi, Gracie, hi, George
2: Uh, Bill Look
16: Why... Why, Tootsie Oh, no
2: <laughs> Tootsie,
16: I can't believe it You're gorgeous, you're beautiful I couldn't tell you from Veronica Lake in a thousand years.
19: Really, Phil?
16: Oh, really. Tootsie, when you asked me for a kiss last week, did I say no? I ought to have my head examined. Come here, babe.
19: Hey, now, wait a minute. And
16: here's one for the week before. And the week before that. And remember the day you chased me six blocks? Well, I'm standing still now. And remember the... Bill, well, Well, well.
17: I've got a TL for you. That isn't Tootsie Sagwell at all. Oh,
16: will you stop, George? Why, that Professor Robinson is marvelous. What a transformation. I could swear Tootsie was Veronica Lake. Come on, kiss me, Tootsie.
19: Wait a minute. What are you going to propose? Oh, later, later. I've got to get to know you
16: first. Give me a kiss.
19: Look, how about proposing? Of yes,
16: course, I'll propose. But, um, don't you think I should meet your folks first? What for? What for? Well, I can't marry a girl until I'm sure her folks use swan. The new white clothing soap is pure than the finest gasp. Money can't buy a purer soap.
19: They use it. Now will you please propose?
16: Oh, oh, sure, Clancy. Uh, say, there's just one other thing we should agree on first. Um, well, um, how do you feel about babies?
19: Babies?
16: Yes, do you... you... Well, do you think they should be bathed with a whole bar of swan or half of
2: <laughs> You see,
16: swan is great for bathing babies, you know. It's so pure, it's kind to of even a baby's tender skin. So you know swan is just bound to be great for your hands and face, your tub, or shower.
19: Look, what are you proposing, marriage or a bath?
2: <laughs>
16: well, gee, Tootsie, a you know, fella's got to be careful, you know. You, you know what that famous expert on women said. What? Well, he said, women have long considered Castile soaps the standard of purity. But Swan is even purer than the finest Castiles.
19: What expert on women said that? Me? <laughs> Bill, will you please hurry up and propose to me? I've got some shopping to do. Oh, all right. Oh, Bill,
14: would you mind proposing on this divan over here?
16: Okay, Gracie, anything you say. But
14: look, Bill, you
4: want to be told well, Come that... on
14: in the library, George.
4: Okay, well, don't yank my arm off.
14: Is it worthy? yes, Tootsie. I'll leave the door open a crack so I can describe how Bill proposes to you. I thought you'd be interested. (laughs) What's he doing
2: to me? Well
14: (laughs) You're you're both you're both on a divan. And Bill is moving closer to you. Closer and closer. Yeah. He leans forward to kiss you. Oh, Tootsie Sagwell, you're a big dope. Why? You turned your head away. Oh, I guess I got so excited I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, well, now he's taking your hand in his. He's stroking it with his fingers. Which hand, Gracie? Your right hand. Why? I want to know which one they have goose pimples on. And now, now he slips his arm around your waist. He tries to pull your head down on his shoulder. But you hold back. Oh, pull harder, Bill. Pull harder. And now, now you're, you're beginning to get in. He tilts your chin up. Oh, Tootsie, he finally did. He kissed you. Oh, did I
4: enjoy it? Oh,
14: Tootsie, he loved it. Now he's proposing. He's on his knees. You look down at him and nod your head. Oh, Tootsie, you accepted him. You're engaged, isn't it wonderful? Yes, this is the happiest moment of my life.
2: Oh,
18: those are tears of joy, huh? Not exactly. My engagement seems to lack the personal touch. Oh, well, well,
17: I've had enough of this. I'm going out there and put a stop to it. Hey, Bill. Go away, George. Don't disturb me. Hey, you better listen, Goodwin, because you're going to get the shock of your life. That's not Tootsie Sagwell you've been kissing. That's Veronica Lake. Well, I know that. You mean... (laughs) You mean... You mean you know it all the
16: time? Well, what else, brother? I'm no fool. Well, I'll be... John, how do you like that?
19: Oh, so that was your game, Mr. Goodwin. You were just putting on an act. Sure. You knew it was me and took advantage of it? That's right. You knew all the time that you were hugging me, kissing me, making love to me?
16: Uh Uh-huh.
2: It was fun,
19: wasn't it? I'll <laughs> say. Okay. Come on, Bill, take me home.
16: Okay, Veronica.
17: <laughs> well, so help me, that's the last time I'll ever stick my neck oh, out. Wait, wait, George, stop them! Oh, you're too late. They're gone. Oh,
14: well, that's the man for you. He just got engaged to Tootsie Tagwell, and he's already running around with another woman. <laughs>
17: Now look, Gracey. Oh,
14: oh, men are all alike They're all deep You just can't trust one of them George Burns, I'm going home to my mother Me?
2: What did I have? To do?
16: Well, I just have a few moments to leave you with this one thought Swan saves you money Use it for every soap and water job in the house In the kitchen, for dishes and cleaning Swan does the work of easily wasted package soaps So you save there And in the bathroom, for your hands and face, you save again. Because Swan gives you more soap per penny than any of the leading toilet soaps tested. And gives you a soap purer than the finest Castile's. So use Swan and really save.
14: Oh, We're a little late, folks. Good night.
2: The
16: makers of Swan, the new white floating soap, join George and Gracie in inviting you to tune in to your CBS station again next week, same time. When their special guest will be that famous Arkansas traveler, Bob Burns. Remember, George Burns and Gracie Allen, CBS next Tuesday night. And don't forget to listen to Swan's other show, Tommy Riggs and Betty Lou, over another network next Friday night. And until next week, this is Bill Goodwin saying, Well, I, Swan, how about you? Good night. Veronica
4: Lake is now appearing in Paramount's all-star production, Star Spangled Rhythm. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you very
0: much and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, how are you, Red? Well, I'm a little tired, Rod. Cleaning up a studio after Bob Hope gets through with it is no easy job. <laughs> but we did it in record time tonight, 30 seconds. <laughs> how am I going to get these egg stains off my shoes? though? <laughs> I'm proud of that (laughs)
2: That's
0: mine You look good tonight, Rod I've never seen you look so healthy Is that your real complexion Or did you go a little too far With your leg makeup
2: tonight?
0: Well, I've been out in the sunshine All week, Red
3: Oh, been out of town, huh? (laughs) Well, say, Red Is Mr.
0: Raleigh still staying at your house? Yes, I told him to treat my house As if he owned it And so? He sold it this morning (laughs) By the way, Mr. Raleigh wants you to tell the listeners that Willie Lump Lump, Dead Eye, Jay Newton Numskull, Shag Nasty, and Junior are all played by one person, me. Well, how come? Hmm? How come? Well, he don't want the people to think everybody on this program's nuts.
19: <laughs> I saw you at the races with Mr. Raleigh. Oh, well,
0: how are you, Anita? <laughs> all right. Gee, you're awful pretty for a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you really are very pretty. You're pretty as a picture tonight. Well, thank you, Red, and you're prettier than a picture, too. Yeah? Which one? Last weekend.
5: Yeah. <laughs> you proud of that, ain't you? Hey, everyone, this is OTR Rob, welcoming you to another edition of the Red Skelton Show. This Red Skeleton Show is from February 19th, 1946. I didn't have one for 1948. The episode's entitled Stray Animals, I thought I would bring up something here. There was a joke at the top of the show that Red Skelton told about cleaning egg off his shoes because of Bob Hope. Now, in comedian, stand-up comedian parlance, if a joke doesn't go over very well, in fact, it, if it bombs, which is another term, if it lays an egg... That means that the joke didn't go over. Either it was written wrong, or the comedian told it wrong, and generally it's considered that a good comedian probably told it wrong, so it's primarily his fault. So that's where the joke comes from when Red Skelton said that he had 30 seconds to clean up the studio, and and he had problems getting egg stains off of his shoes. That's the joke there. So. Because I know that I let this pass long enough because on comedy show after comedy show there's always some reference to laying an egg. So I thought I would clarify that for all you non-comedians. I, being an ex-stand-up comedian, knows all that stuff. So I just assume that everyone else does too. So anyway, enjoy this episode of the Red Skelton Show and I'll see you guys back here next week.
3: Now, medical science offers you proof positive. Yes, medical science offers you proof positive.
21: No other leading cigarette is safer to smoke because no other gives you less nicotine, less throat-irritating tars than the new, smoother, better-tasting Raleigh.
3: Cigarette program starring Red Skelton with David Forrester and his orchestra, our singing star, Anita Ellis, Gigi Pearson, Berna Felton, Pat McGee, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. It's a pleasure to bring you Metro Golden Mayors, popular comedian and the star of the Raleigh Cigarette Program, Red Skelton.
0: very much, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, how are you, Red? Well, I'm a little tired, Rod. Cleaning up a studio after Bob Hope gets through with it is no easy <laughs> job. <you
2: know>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we did it in record time tonight, 30 seconds. <laughs> how am I going to get these egg stains off my shoes? <laughs> You look good tonight. I, I'm, proud I'm proud of that.
2: That's
0: mine. You look good tonight, Rod. I've never seen you look so healthy. Is that your real complexion, or did you go a little too far with your leg makeup tonight? Well, I've been out in the sunshine all
3: week, Red. Oh, been out of town, huh? Well, say, Red, is Mr. Raleigh still staying at your house? Yes, I told him to treat my house as if he owned it.
0: And so? He sold it this morning. <laughs> By the way, Mister Raleigh wants you to tell the listeners that Willie Lump Lump, Dead Eye, Jane Newton Numsco, Oliver Shag Nasty, and Junior all played by one person, me. Well, how come? Hmm? How come? Well, he don't want the people to think everybody on this program's nuts. <laughs>
19: I saw you at the races with Mr. Rallett.
0: Oh, how are you, Anita? <laughs> All right. See, you're <laughs> awful pretty for a girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, you really are very pretty. You're pretty as a picture tonight. Well,
18: thank you, Red, and you're prettier than a
0: picture, too. Yeah? Which one? Last weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you proud of that. <laughs> Say, tell me, Anita, did you have any any luck at the races? Uh no, did you? No. <laughs> If I had a bet on Paul Revere's horse, the British would have reached Lexington first. <laughs> <laughs> well, say,
3: Red, did you take Mr. Raleigh out the Metro-Golden-Mayer studio? Yes, yes, I did. Had a little trouble getting through the gate, though. Didn't the gate man recognize you? That's what started the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose you introduced Mr.
0: Raleigh to all the big stars. Yeah, and they were all smoking Raleigh cigarettes when we came on the set. I suppose Mr. Raleigh started smoking, too, huh? Yes, right after Marilyn Maxwell smiled at him. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, good evening, all of my dear, dear friends. What are you running for?
17: (laughs) What's on your mind, Mr. Forrester? Did you uh, show Mr. Raleigh the new cars on display across the street? You gave that a great reading, you know. Thank
2: (laughs) you, thank
0: you. Hardly paid you to join AFRA, did it? Yeah, I (laughs) should... That's what's good about having a big band. When the audience don't laugh, they come in on it. (laughs) Yeah, I showed Mr. Raleigh the the new improvements on the cars, and they're really something. They have a new thing now for the California cars, a big rubber stamp on the front of it. When you hit a pedestrian, it comes down as it's killed in California. (laughs) (laughs)
2: And
0: here's something else nice to hear.
3: Now, medical science offers you proof positive. Yes, medical science offers you proof positive.
21: No other leading cigarette is safer to smoke because no other gives you less nicotine, less throat-irritating tars than the new smoother, better-tasting Raleigh.
3: Yes, exhaustive scientific tests of America's six biggest-selling brands certified by a jury of 14 distinguished doctors, including eminent throat specialists, have just proved conclusively. No other cigarette gives you less nicotine, less throat-irritating tars, so no other is actually safer to smoke. See if you don't agree, Raleigh's are right. Right for taste, right for throat. Try Raleigh's. Enjoy Raleigh's rich tobaccos, that milder, smoother, more satisfying Raleigh flavor. Remember, medical science now offers you proof, positive.
21: No other cigarette is safer to smoke, because no other gives you less nicotine. Less throat-irritating tars than the new, smoother, better-tasting Raleigh.
0: Thank you, gentlemen. And now our lovely Anita Ellis will sing Someone to Watch Over Me by George Gershwin.
19: Says that love is blind. Still, I'm often told, seek and you shall find.
4: So I'm going to seek a certain lad I've had in mind.
21: Looking everywhere,
2: haven't found him yet.
21: He's the
2: big affair
4: I cannot forget. Only man I. There's a somebody I'm wanting to see I hope that he turns out to be
2: Someone to watch over me
4: I'm a little
2: Tell him please to put on some speed, follow
4: my lead.
0: I'd like to read from the skeleton scrapbook of satire a story entitled Stray Animals. Our characters are fictional. If there's any similarity to persons living, life really is stranger than fiction. <laughs> Chapter 84 is entitled The Black and White Kitty. This is the story of Willie Lump Lump, the night owl, and a little unwelcomed animal. <laughs>
12: clock. I wonder what time
0: it is. Well, it's time you got home. Hmm? I said it's time you got... Co- Look, be careful going down those steps. Uh, okay? Let me take hold of your arm. Will you? Why didn't you tell me you were down at the bottom? Huh? Quiet, Willie. It's three o'clock. Yeah. People go to bed at six o'clock in this town. Oh, well, then they could not mind a little noise three hours before bedtime. <laughs>
21: Come on, get in the car.
0: Okay, I'll get Willie, get out of that trash can. The car's over here. let put wheels on the can. It looks newer, Well, huh? <laughs> uh, come on, let's get going. Let's get going. I'll drive. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. You're not going to drive, are you? Well, have to. I ain't no condition to walk. <laughs> I'm a sick man, huh? I got no strength. You know how you push the covers back in the morning? Well, I use both hands and they still push me back. (laughs) If Charlie Atlas' mother would only answer my correspondence, (laughs) I wear suspenders and they lift me three inches off the ground. Well, come on. Let's get going. Okay. They've been putting chewing gum in these gears, ain't they? (laughs) Willie, uh, doesn't your wife get mad at you when you stay out late? No, she's very considerate, you know. Like the day she sent me to the drugstore to get some arsenic with vitamin B1 in it. Arsenic with vitamin B1 in yeah, it? Yeah, she wants me to look good after I'm dead. Well, look, uh, you stay out every night, yeah. don't you get along? Now, we fight about the least little thing. Now, like tonight, we had a big argument just because I served her two scoops of manx potatoes. Well, what was wrong with that? I don't know. <laughs> it would have been different if my hands hadn't have been clean, you know. Be careful, Willie. Look out, Willie. There's somebody in the road there. Something. What's that? That's a cat. Look, look, a cat, cat. The poor thing's lost. Oh, look, look. Keep going, Willie. That's a skunk. Why'd you call me? I didn't call you anything. I just said that's not a cat. It is, too. I know a cat when I see one, and he's lost. That's fair. Oh, look, look. Just let it stay lost. What are you going to do? I'm going to take it home. We got so many mice that they run down the street to meet the grocery (laughs) truck. Don't be silly, Willie. Don't you smell something? No, I got a cold myself. <laughs> oh, come on now! No one ever had a cold that bad. I'm gonna get this
2: cat. Willie, get out of the road! A car's coming.
0: <laughs> Must have been an out-of-towner. He missed me. Come on come on, come on, come on, come on, Willie, let's go Not till I catch this cat, boy Look, Superman, I'm telling you, that's not a cat Don't you know what a skunk is? Sure, a skunk is just a cat with a dominating personality, dog <laughs> yeah, Come on, I got him, boy, what a nice cat Ain't he a beauty? Right? Well, don't point him at me oh. Look, I'm getting out of the car and I'm not going to... Well, I'm not going to ride with that thing I'm going to thumb a ride yeah, Good night, bud, see you later Fine thing. Some people just got no kindness for poor little cats. Though. Come on, get in the back seat, though. Make yourself at home. I think my coal's loosening up a little. I smell something burning around here. Boy, my wife's going to love this cat, boy. You're all right, cat. You... I think he's been eating garlic and Well, here's your new home, Kitty. Come on, boy. Wake up my wife, sees you. She'll throw a fit, boy. Come on. Somebody must be making tires around here. Now, here's your new home, Cat. Yoo-hoo! Wifey, dear. Alkahyde is home. Well, it's about time.
14: Good heavens, what have you got? It's a cat. A cat. Don't come near me with that. Or I'll throw you out the window. Oh no,
0: you won't.
2: Oh yes, I will.
0: Oh no, you won't. Oh yes, I will. Oh, oh no, you
2: won't.
0: And here's your cat. <laughs> oh, come on, you little stinker, you. <laughs> Remember,
3: medical science offers you proof positive. Remember, medical science offers you proof positive.
21: No other leading cigarette is safer to smoke because no other gives you less nicotine, less throat-irritating tars than the new, smoother, better-tasting Raleigh.
3: Ralph Bellamy of Stage and Screen, now starring in Broadway's hit State of the Union, says, quote, I'm for Raleigh's 100%. I've seen the facts. And I know medical science has proved no other cigarette gives you less nicotine, less throat-irritating tar. Thus, no other is safer to smoke. Yes, Raleigh's are right. Right for taste, right for throat. You're right, Ralph Bellamy. Raleigh's are right. So, friends, next time, try Raleigh's. Enjoy Raleigh's rich tobaccos, that smoother, milder, more satisfying Raleigh flavor. Remember, medical science now offers you proof positive.
21: No other cigarette is safer to smoke. Because no other gives you less nicotine, less throat-irritating tars, than the new, smoother, better-tasting Raleigh.
2: David Foster and
0: his orchestra now play Temptation. finding little pets that they can't live without.
2: <laughs>
0: Junior?
22: Yes. Junior, I... W- hmm? What? What's wrong with your lips? They're all green.
0: You know those ferns in the living room? Yes. Oh, do you want to go look at them, or do you want to remember them as they were? Junior, what are you doing with that hatchet? I'm going to play George Washington and chop down the house. That's what I'm going to do. You
22: wouldn't do a thing like that. <laughs> You're kidding
0: me. You just keep laughing, kiddo. That's all.
2: Awesome.
0: <laughs> just lean against that post that holds up the roof. Go ahead, boy. What a surprise. you! <laughs> all right. See, nothing happened. I told you you'd be (laughs) surprised. Hey, what was you yelling for me for, oh, kiddo? Oh,
22: if you run a little errand for me, yes. I'll give you a bright, shiny new penny. Well,
0: I'd rather have a dull old worn-out nickel if I could. <laughs>
2: hey,
22: where's it to this time, kiddo? I want you to go to the store for Granny. Well, I can't go dressed like this. These pants, I can't wear Oh, them. I think you look elegant. Uh, Don't you like the pants I made for no, you? No, they're
0: too tight. I can't bend over. Yes, you can. No, I can They'll stretch. They
22: will? Go ahead. Bend over a few times. You'll make
0: room. I'll you is right.
2: <laughs> and
0: I put a widow window in the room. Here,
22: here. Put your overcoat on. Now, let me wrap this muffin. No, you don't,
2: away.
0: kiddo. No, no.
22: You might forget yourself and strangle me. <laughs> Junior, I wouldn't harm a hair of your head.
0: No, but you're not so fussy about the rest of me body. You know. <laughs>
22: Now don't be silly, Junior. Run along to the store. Now yeah, what does you want me to get? A dozen eggs. A dozen eggs. A loaf of bread. A loaf of bread. And a pound of butter.
0: Pound of <laughs> pound of butter. Butter. What's that?
22: You wouldn't know. You're too young. Oh. <laughs> and uh, and get some frankfurters. Okay, I go to the store. <laughs>
3: Well, Junior, what do you want?
0: Does you want to know what I want or what I was sent for, huh? <laughs> I'm proud of that, I uh... Uh, Give me a loaf of bread, a dozen of eggs, and a pound of uh uh better blotter. Butter, something like that. I don't know what it is. Well, I'll give you a quarter of a pound. No, I want a pound, uh, If it's that hard to get, butter, it must be good. So give me a whole pound on Either I get a whole pound or that big window will become a memory. Okay, one pound of butter. Here you are. <laughs> I knew I would get it.
2: <laughs>
0: hey. Now, what else? Yeah, I want some Frankfurter, some hot dogs, hot dogs. Hamburgers with tights on, you know. Oh, you're going to eat them for supper? Going to eat them for supper? Going to eat them? No I'm going to use them as handlebar grips on me (laughs) tricycle Boy, what a dumb clerk you And don't slip me none of them stale ones Either the last Frankfurt you showed us The jackets were so old They had a belt in the back (laughs) Oh, look, look, look A circus wagon, a circus wagon Oh,
3: that's the keeper of the zoo Oh, really? Howdy.
0: howdy, howdy, howdy.
3: Is this your little boy? Howdy. No, he's a little boy who belongs down the street.
0: Yeah.
21: Well, you better hurry home, kiddo. One of our lions is missing from the zoo.
0: Well, why should I one? I ain't got him. <laughs> Besides, I wouldn't know what a lion looked like if I seen him. Junior, a lion will hurt you. Yes, I know. Grandpa got beat up for lying to Grandma, well, you know. <laughs> well, you better hurry home. Okay, I'm going to hurry
2: up home, honey.
0: I'm going to take a shortcut up this alley, and maybe I can get home before I find out where the lion is. (laughs) Hippity hop, hippity hop. I'm going home from the butcher establishment. (laughs) I think I run and jump across this mud puddle here. I think I swim across this mud puddle here. (laughs) I better hurry, though. I better... (laughs) What's that? Goodness, look at that big dog. (laughs) Ain't he a big brother? Look at that wet bushy hair he's got. Boy, he look like me with four legs. Dirty. Boy, he got a big, bushy hair. He shaved off in the middle and got a paintbrush on in his hair. Yeah, now, you shut up. Don't you like me? I like you, I don't. I don't really, but I got to protect myself. Yeah. Yeah, now, don't you bite me. You never hear the hydrophobia, has you? Yeah, uh, I ain't either, but I got to scare them, you know. What's here? Stop sniffing, stop. What's my? You hungry? Here, I'll give you me hot dog. I am afraid you big safe. I just laid them on the ground for you. Uh, goodness, look at that! Eat hot dog paper and all. Didn't even ask for any mustard? It? Uh, hey, how would you like to go home with me,
4: huh?
0: Oh, I do hope that means yes. <laughs> I don't think Grandma would let me keep you though. But I could hide you in my room. Or better still, I could put you in Grandma's room. You know. Boy, what a surprise she would get, huh? And then again, I don't know why I'm wasting my time thinking about it. I'm going to do it anyhow, you know. Come on home. You're going with me. And now, you stay outside while I see if this post is clear inside here. Now, oh, there's Grandma's glasses. I better hide them so she won't be able to see the doggie so well. Oh, come on, doggy, Boy, he's a long one, ain't he? huh? Junior.
2: Junior, is that you? What's
22: happened to your
0: voice? (laughs) Too much vitamin B1 (laughs) Come on, kiddo Come on, little dog You get in that other room now Go on now I don't know if you won't know
22: Grandma? Yes? Did you get the groceries? Yes, I did Bread,
0: butter, and eggs the eggs are scrambled, of course, you know. Hey, Grandma, you know what we need around this house? No, what? Is our nice little dog, a wash dog. What have we got to walk? Well, he could wash me to make sure I don't run away. And spoil
22: my hopes? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs>
0: Boy, you sure does love, me, don't you? <laughs>
2: Good
0: heavens, what was that? Well, you're going to find out about it anyway. I brought home a widow dog. He's nice and friendly. He's the friendliest little dog you've ever seen, you know. He probably eaten off your hand, you know. He's so friendly. Come on, I will show him to you. Come on.
22: (laughs) My, Bart Strange, what kind of a dog is he?
0: He's a chihuahua. Junior. Hmm? He's awful big to be a chihuahua. Well, his father was a Saint Bernard. <laughs> Ain't he nice? Look, he let me hug him around the neck. Junior, yeah, Junior, yeah. don't put your head so close to his mouth. I will be careful. Junior, stop it. Don't worry. Junior. Ain't it dark in here? <laughs> Junior,
22: come out of there. Hmm? Oh, dare you scare the life out of me. Really? He might bite your head and break his teeth.
2: Can
22: <laughs> put him outside?
0: Oh, no, please let me keep him. Oh, oh don't. I want to cry. keep him. don't. don't cry. I don't have
22: nobody to
0: play with.
22: Oh, poor baby. Does he want the dog? Yes, he
0: wants the dog? Will you
22: be good to him? Yes, I will be good oh, to him. Bless his little heart.
4: Bless his little heart.
22: <laughs> Let me get a little better look at him. Yeah. If I could only remember where I put my glasses. Yeah. Where did he go? Yeah, he's going
0: up the stairs. Uh, uh, Boy, he sure like you. He can't oh, keep his eyes does. off of you. He can't. Look, he's almost crawling on his tummy. Look at him. Oh, still, I think he's going to jump in your arms. <laughs> Why well, you ducked just in time, kiddo.
2: <laughs>
0: Junior, you get that dog out of here. Yeah, I'll put him in the basement till he gets used to the place. Get him, get him.
2: All right.
0: <laughs> hey, what are we going to feed him?
22: Oh, he'll find something. I
0: bet he will.
22: <laughs> I wonder if I left my glasses in the living room. Hmm. Junior, you left that radio on again, didn't you? I did?
21: We interrupt this program to announce that a lion has escaped from the zoo and is still at large. Oh. The park commissioner wants everyone to
0: use extreme precaution Good as this tonight. beast is a killer. Good news And night. now we return you to Tubby Good Blue. Blue. Shut that thing off. Yeah, yeah. Junior. What?
22: Don't go outside the house. There's a lion loose. Really? A lion! No, Junior! Junior! This is the, the thing of the What's in the basement. in
2: the basement? Oh, dear. It's not a dog. It's not a dog. It's a lion. It's a lion. It's a lion. Ah! Ah! Ah!
3: Remember, we'll all be back with you next Tuesday at the same time. Red Skelton, David Forrester, and his orchestra, Anita Alice, Verna Felton, Gigi Pearson, Pat McGee, and, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. As we all know, the housing situation is critical. Let's help returning veterans by staying put if possible. Sharing homes with veterans and listing vacancies and houses for sale at the Veterans Referral Center.
16: (laughs) Sir
21: Walter Raleigh. That's the tobacco that leaves your pipe as clean as a whistle. The finest burlies grown, rich, ripe tobaccos are blended in Sir Walter Raleigh. And then they're mellowed with just a touch of rum to enhance the natural, full-bodied flavor. And you'll like the way Sir Walter Raleigh burns. Just right. Slow, even, and cool, right down to the bottom of the bowl. Leaves only a clean, dry ash. Never a soggy heel. And Sir Walter Raleigh has such a pleasing aroma, you and your pipe will be welcome anywhere. Next time, gentlemen, get Sir Walter Raleigh, the quality pipe tobacco of America.
0: This is Red Skelton saying goodbye now and thanks for listening. And Molly McGee, hurry and get well.
3: Brown and Williamson invite you to other good listening throughout the week. Hear the Raleigh Room starring Hildegard tomorrow night. And people are funny with Art Linkletter Friday night. And return with Red Skelton next Tuesday. Red Skelton is heard in this program through the courtesy of metro goldwyn Mayor.
2: National Broadcasting Company.